Hi, it's Phyllis Lane, and I'm here today with the amazing Ashley Gates Jansen. I met Ashley a few months ago, and she is just the most amazing presence. I'm so excited to introduce you to her. She is a theater artist, a minister, a life coach. She calls herself a lunatic, a road tripper, a wannabe poet, soul diver, lover, and one who's forever obsessing over the perfect playlist. So, so excited to talk to you today, Ashley. So grateful to be talking with you, fellas. It is the best. So, before we jump right in, I wanna talk about your intro. I wanna talk about a soul diver. What's a soul diver? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Um, a soul diver, you know, it's funny. I went through this when I was uh, doing the training to become a life coach. I went through, um, you know, what's your business and you got to get a website and all this stuff, which does not flow downstream for me at all. So um, I just said to myself, I was like, okay, look, you don't have to deal with the technology, Ashley, because you're 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 terrible at it, and someone will show up and help you with that. But is there is there a name that really calls to you, that really speaks to you? Like I struggled with the with the with the label life coach. I was like, life coach, what is that? I felt much more like a um, for a while. I was saying co-pilot. <laughs> Because it's always about, you know, you have the answers. I'm just there to help you discover what's already within you. Right. Um, and soul diving for me, like there's so much stuff about the mind, you know, and um, you can be anything you put your mind to. Well, for me, I I'm much more interested and fascinated by my soul. And I feel like my mind is there to um, serve my soul. Totally. And the, you know, I just, I just love water and I just want to be in it. And so for <laughs> me, that is, that is the soul diving. Like, let's go deep. Yes. I am, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, so tell me like how you, how, let's go back. Like how you yeah. got onto this path, like kind of, Take us through like different chapters that brought you to this moment. Well, I'll do, I'll do my best. <laughs> I mean, I think you know, for for some of for for many of us, maybe there's like a defining event that we can go to and say like, there's who I was before this, then this happened, and then there's who I am now. And for me, the defining event so far was at the age of 29 I was diagnosed with clinical depression and uh, you know I started taking Prozac and in and doing talk therapy like three days a week and all of that stuff um, I had a godmother who called me up and said you know Ashley your mother tells me that you're going through a hard time and I'm really sorry to hear that and you'll you'll forgive me for saying this darling but I just think you're way too self-absorbed and you need to get in touch with the Lord 
and we're going on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and I'd like you to come. To which I said, where's the Holy Land? <laughs> and truthfully, you know, I had a graduate level education at that point, and honestly, religion was really not a part of it. And even though I was secretly hoping she would say Kenya, I kind of knew she wouldn't, but I didn't, I, I still, I was really asking the question. Uh, anyway, much longer story short, I ended up going on this trip to Israel. And while I was in Jerusalem, I had a mystical experience that lasted about four or five days. Wow. Ultimately, the experience was overwhelming. Like I didn't have a container for it or a frame for it. And I was, I was hospitalized and diagnosed mentally ill. Wow. You know, told yeah. that I'd had a psychotic break, that I was, you know, bipolar. Um, and so, so that event, that mystical event, and that, you know, like mental breakdown, spiritual breakthrough, was the probably defining event of my life. And the gifts that came from it weren't always immediately recognizable because, of course, like, it's pretty, for me, it was, it was devastating to, ha to, to experience God and then feel like I had the rug pulled out from under me, maybe even by God. Like, that's what was huh. incredibly crazy-making. Wow. Yeah. So how did you begin to navigate through that? Slowly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it became something where, you know, initially I was just, just open to receiving. I mean, I was put on a lot of medications. Um, I felt that I was with, a, I was, I was seen by some very good doctors, you know, the experts, and they seemed very clear with how unwell I was. Um, and I, and I made a space for that, you know, right. uh, I just kept saying yes. And there was something else there. You know, and they would say, and they would just sort of look at me sympathetically and say, you know, Ashley, you made it all up. Like it's, you created your own revelation. And eventually I stopped looking to Western medicine to validate the experience. And I started just looking for ways that I could understand it for myself. So there was a book by a woman named Kay Jamison called Touched with Fire, huh. where she studied um, different artists who struggled with mental illness. Wow. And, all, and all of a sudden, I'm reading about Ernest Hemingway, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Mozart, you know, and, um, and I start to think, oh this is my tribe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, uh, these are my people who are yours, you know, and because there is something about, about the artist and the madness genius, Yes. you know, that, that, that fine line. And 
and so this book was incredibly helpful. And then I also started reading and studying the Christian mystics, the Sufi mystics, the Kabbalists, and their stories, their ecstatic stories weren't, um, weren't new to me. You know, I would start reading some Sufi poetry and not only love the poem, but know the experience that was being written about. You know, it, I, were, I was finding ways to articulate and put language on an experience that felt like language would never be able to hold it. Right. And probably the defining sentence for me was in a book of Pema Chodron's that I was reading where she said, um, it has been said, and quite truthfully, that psychotics drown in the very same thing that the mystics swim in. Woo! Goosebumps. Woo! And when I read that, I was like, well, that was Israel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the wounded healer, right? It's like we go, it's the breaking open of this, it's like this spirit that wants to break out of this shell. And, and, and there's, it's beyond words. And we try to define it as something because we can't explain it. So that's where it's like this fine line. Yeah. But, um, so you could say that that, was the opening to lead you on this path. Yes. Like yes. leading you towards your calling. So like when we come up against these challenges in life or these, you know, intense um, dark periods or we don't want to define it, but they are really the greatest blessings in disguise. Yes. If yes. we can enter into it. Yes. And go the deeper. Yes. The breaking is the blessing. The breaking is the blessing. It is because it's how we get broken open. And, you know, um, our friend Boyd said to me once, uh, the wound is the medicine. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, ooh, I went. The wound is the medicine. High five, Boydy, that is it. <laughs> the wound is the medicine. And it just is, it's hard to recognize at the time because culturally we tell a story that the wound is the wound that it's the worst thing that can happen that it's that it's awful and tragic and painful and you know right we deny it we try to cover it we we suppress it yeah right so it's totally. it's when we it's it's there for us to to awaken yeah it is the medicine it's that, you know, it's that Leonard, it's that Leonard Cohen, um, ring the bells that's, that still can ring, forget your perfect offering. <laughs> there is a crack in everything. Um, that's how the light gets in. Uh, wow. So, do you feel that that led you to your calling? Because I think everyone has a calling in life. And do you feel like, because talk about what you do now like you know because I got to witness you in San Luis Obispo just recently at this amazing retreat and you were using theater and imp improvisational and just an immense presence to really um, shine the light or show people to themselves and it was amazing to witness and um, so talk about that like what's your calling yeah. So thank you for that. And my calling really was 
being called home. And by home, I mean home to who I really, truly am. You know, the, the, the call to, to be my authentic self and, and to discover who she is because I can't help anyone else be, be their authentic selves if, if I'm not there yet. You know, one of my favorite teachers, Martha, Martha Beck, she, she said to me once, Ashley, you have to live it to give it. Oh, I like that. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. So how did you start to really live it? Like, move, like, so you went through this period and then how did you, what did you do? Because, you know, people, many people have reached these places or they don't know what to do. You know, they've reached this, this crossroad and. So what did you begin to do and what, what things kind of brought you through this? So one of the gifts of being called crazy and living through it is that it doesn't matter if anyone thinks anything I ever do again is crazy. Like, I've already been there. You know? There's a freedom there. There's such a freedom. It really, in many ways, it's the ultimate gift, you know? So, for instance, um, I would pick up O Magazine and I would read um, an article by Martha and I would be laughing out loud because it was so damn funny and I'd also be holding my breath because it was so wise and I'd have those like, <gasps> moments. And when I finished this one article, I went, Martha Beck, I need to go and sit at her feet. This is, this, is, this is a teacher for me, and I need to learn from her. And then, you know, I would look at the bottom of the page, and it would say, for more information, go to www.marthabeck.com. <laughs> and so I would do that, and then it would talk about, you know, a life coach training. And I would think, life coaching, I'm not really interested in that, but if it's going to get me through the door... You know, I'm, I'm sure I'll learn some things that I can use as a theater teacher and a minister. Um, and I just want to go be with Martha. I just want to go learn from her and be in her presence. And so, so that's one of the things, I mean, I think the, I think the biggest shift for me was, was a real confidence that comes from listening. Yes. You know, I, I stopped thinking so much and I started listening more oh, yeah. and the path you know unfolds at our feet when we're listening yes and I think that's a very good point that you said because you begin to listen and you also sought out a mentor someone you know because we um we can really begin to change when we're around other tribe or other people that have tools or mirror for us, you know, the, um, just the, the wisdom to, to transform and yes. to hold that space and, and to have the courage to just do that. Yes. Right. So you yes. listen, but then you actually just dove in or jumped. Yes. You know, it's it's about it's about wanting to be with people who spoke this language, you know, and to begin to, um, you know, remember my own mother tongue, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's important to have that tribe and to find out, you know, to to reach out toward, you don't know always why you're reaching towards something, but it's looking for you also. It's like you're guided to move in this direction and you trust in that. And then it's only till later you look back and say, oh, I'm so glad I did that. That's, yeah, yeah. And from, and from Martha, Martha introduced me to the work of Byron Katie. Okay. And that, that, that was huge for me. And of course, at the time, you know, I, I, I did the work on one stressful thought. And I remember thinking, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> and then I did nothing with it for a year. You know, and then it, and then it came back to me. And when it came back to me, a voice, you know, some sort of guidance said, now it's time. Get the book. I got the book, I read the book, and then I wrote to go and to say, you know, can I go and meet Katie? Can I go and work with her? And again, you know, people would be like, oh my God, that's kind of crazy. Like, you just, you just wrote, like, who are you? And I was like, who am I not? You know, I'm just asking. If she says no, she says no. And she said yes. And I went to visit her in California, and my gosh, she had me you know, the address I was given, I didn't know where I was going. It was her home. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, that's crazy. Wow. That's crazy for me, you know? So it just, you know. It's when you, like you said, you begin to drop out of the thinking mind and you begin to, to listen to a deeper guidance and you start to get into a flow. And when you get into that flow, yes, it, doors open. Yes. And it's so fun. It's so fun because you're not doing it. No. Like it's not effortful. Right. It's not, you know, I wasn't trying to make something happen. I didn't have a result. I was just, you know, my, my training in the theater was all about embracing the process and, yes. to, and, to, and to really live that and to, and to get that the, the, that's, the, that's the yummiest part, you know. Let's talk about your theater because yeah. that is that's yummy. I just I mean, I got to witness I was the photographer at the job, you know, in San Luis Obispo, but I got to witness this amazing process using theater and the joy, the the depth that um, theater and improvisational techniques like what it was so amazing. So let's talk about that and what you do yeah. in that arena. Well, the thing that I love so much about theater is that it, it's the best th books on theater I've ever read were absolute spiritual texts on how to live your life. And the best spiritual texts I've ever read are like amazing books on how to act, you know? <laughs> so it's just, they, 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 they feed each other and they don't feel separate to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, the students that I teach, I say to them, you know, they're training to be actors. And, and I say to them, of all the roles that you will play in your life, don't miss the greatest one, which is who you are. Mm. That's the role of a lifetime. Your spiritual being coming and getting to play you, Phyllis Lane, or me, Ashley Gates Jansen, like 
that is the greatest role. Wow. And so, sh and so showing up to that, you know, I, I, it took me a while to realize that what I was teaching my students was interesting to people who weren't in the theater too. And it just, it's, it's, it's play, it's deep play. And that is a very profound space. Definitely. Yeah. With a lot of joy and a lot of laughter. So true. The, the joy. And I think the, jo the laughter, it's like creating that space where you can just be yourself or that joy. It takes you into deeper places within yourself. It's almost like you relax into, you, things drop away and you just... Because that's what I witnessed at the, the retreat was yeah. that as people got into the process, it was just like layers start dropping and then this yeah. beautiful essence that would come forth is just profound. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing work. We can't be self-conscious and free. And, and when we, you know, as we, as those layers shed and they shed because something becomes more meaningful than, than how we look or what people think of us. In fact, we stop thinking about ourselves because now we've put our attention on our partner, the person that we're in the scene with, you know, and serving that. Right. In the service of something else, we always shine our brightest. Hmm. You know? Truly. That is truly it. So tell me, um, how do you spend most of your time? What, are your, what does your days look like? <laughs> Every day is different. Every day is different. I am one of those people who, like, I don't, I don't have a lot of structure. I don't have, um, I'm not terribly scheduled. I mean, I am getting up with my kids in the morning for school and stuff. Um, I would say that I spend... I spend time during my days sharing presence. Mm. It's really, um, you know, my intention is always to be where I am, mm. you know, to be in that moment, whatever it is, you know, cutting up the strawberries, driving the car, walking with the dogs through the fields, <laughs> just, just, to, just to be in that. You know, I, I drink a lot of tea. <laughs> I have some great clients that I Skype and have phone calls with. I love to dance. I love to sing, listen to music, be in nature, you know. Yeah. Things, things like that. I mean, I just, you know, wh wherever the day takes me. Right. You know? So you sort of live surrendered to the moment. Yeah. Which is yeah. the way. Yeah. Marianne Williamson has a beautiful um, prayer where she says, um, you know, she's praying to God and she says, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom and and I feel like you know that's it you know I just want to be a peace 
of this great divine play, you know, so God, use me, tell whatever story you want. Right. Guide me to where I need to go. That's it. That's it. End of story. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) And right. Literally. 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 Yes. Yeah. So tell me, what are, what are you most afraid of? If you were, is there anything that you would say that kind of makes that, you? That is a good question. One thing that comes up for me is I still, you know, I have these moments where someone else's fear can trigger a fearful, a fearful story in me, mm-hmm. and and I want for, I want for my love to be bigger, you know, like like I want there not to be any fear, but it's it's that very belief that keeps fear present. Right. So, so more and more, I just even even fear when I open my heart to it, can't be fear anymore. Right. So, so it just, I mean, maybe it's crazy, but I don't know that I'm really truly afraid of anything. Right. You know, I mean the air, I can be in the airplane and we can hit some turbulence and I can have that, (gasps) wow. Is this going to be it? Like, are we going to are we going to go down now? Right. And and I'd be lying if I didn't say there's that moment of oh, I really love this <laughs> life. I really love being here. You know. And more and more, I'm opening to trust. Like, where would you have me go, God? What would you have me do? Right. If if it's go down in this plane, it's go down in this plane. Right. I'm not as Katie as Byron Katie would say, you know, don't miss the ride down. Right. So true. Yeah. So true because fear if you're open, your heart's open because fear is actually the closing of the heart. It's like you're you're turning away from cuz it's a contraction. So yeah. Like, and so I think when you are surrendered or you are accepting your being with what is, that's love. That's it. That's it. And you're beautifully reminding me that that the thing that I fear is distance. Oh, and and the distance is the 18 inches <laughs> my head to my heart. You know, just yes. the fear of like being up in my head when I when I want to be living out of my heart. Oh, that's so so good. It gives me goosebumps. That is the journey. That's it. And that's our personal journey to come back to our heart and as healers and teachers we help facilitate the space for you know and the tools to help people begin to return you know and when we come from the head to the heart sometimes there's layers of gunk in there there's grief there's rage there's there's layers you know all the all the things that we've held on to and resent you know and it's this clearing and letting go of and just this opening to so we can truly be here in this moment because usually there's so much stuff and we're all just uh, right you know kind of shut down so that is that is it 
Yeah. You know, and, and staying in that space where we are continually opening or clearing out so we can stay open to to what's what is. Plane's going down. <laughs> oh, can I be with Oh shit Right? Get my iPhone. What's the song I wanna go out on? Come on. Make it a good one. Exactly. Make it a good one. Sing me home. Acceptance. Profound. Yeah. So, what would you, how would you describe yourself in five words? In five words, I would say gratitude, singing, <laughs> barefoot, jeans, wink. <laughs> <laughs> love it that is awesome oh, that is awesome that's it so do you um do you have do, i mean you've talked about a couple people who've influenced you martha beck byron katie is there anyone else who's really influenced you that you know um yeah, I mean, all <laughs> Ricky Lee Jones always comes to my head when, when when someone asks me that, and I think because um, I just am, I'm just deeply, deeply inspired by her. As talk about authenticity right. and her singer songwriting ability, and she to me is is a channel. The times that I have seen her live the way she can sing so softly and hit the back of the theater and it's it's there's a presence to her you're never the song's never going to come through her quite the same way right that to me is incredibly inspiring um i also you know, it's funny to say, but it took me a long time to, I was always giving everyone else the credit for whatever inspiration I felt, you know, like Nelson Mandela, amazing, mm -hmm. Byron Katie, Martha, all these actors that I love and artists that I love, painters and poets and, you know, Mary Oliver and um, Hafiz and just... E.E. E. Cummings and on and on and on and what I was missing in all of that is that as amazing as they are it was amazing to me because I'm also amazing right you know and and to and to influence myself I think that's been the really most profound influence of my life has been my own voice that I've that I that I finally let myself listen to, right? Because nothing changes without my permission. It just doesn't, you know. Right. I can just I can just keep telling the same story and thinking the same thoughts and basically living the same life, regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of the people that are that are uh, shining their own lights. Right. Oh, so if I'm looking at the ground. I'm not going to see it. That's right. And that's, you know, and, you know, great people or great teachers, these great artists are mirrors of what's already within us. 
right? Yes. And, yes. And so they're just sh- shining the light on what's in it and then being open to just stepping into that light yourself. Then you do that for someone else. And it's just, that's why we all are here to step into our own greatness or own our inner wisdom, our inner teacher, our inner guru, our, you know, inner artist, right? Because what's in you is in me, the greatness, even in the darkness, we're here to see through each other. Yes. And that's it. It's the, you know, I say to my students, the we is the way, Hmm. like, they want to give me all the credit. I want to give them all the credit, you know. And the deepest truth is that it, it's what flows between us. It's yes. that South African Ubuntu, you know. It's, um, I mean, I love in the, in, the, in, the theater word, in the theater world, in the film world, um, during award season, which is it, we, we'll have another topic about that sometime, but the Screen Actors Guild, uh, the top award, the last award of the night is for best ensemble. Hmm. And it's because actors know, like, it, if you think I'm amazing, it's because I had an amazing person to tell the story with. Yes. You know? It's a tribe. It's a, it's a collaboration. Yes. Co-creation. Yes. You know, and... <clears throat> We all co-create together and help each other. And it's just, it's a symphony. Yes. Beautiful. That's it. So a couple more questions. Just Sure. Do you, um, if you only had five possessions that you could own only, what would they be? Okay. So it's it's, it's funny to say this, I would definitely want an iPhone. And I would want the iPhone for the music, first and foremost. I just, I, I mean, I feel like I could almost not eat for the rest of my life and just drink water and listen to music and I would be so nourished and fed on a daily basis, it's ridiculous. So definitely an iPhone. Um, I wouldn't mind having a credit card with, you know, access to an unlimited bank account. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> It'd be kind of nice. Um, I would love a beautiful, like a necklace that just had some really cool charms or kind of symbol-y things on it. You know, for me, it would be maybe... Um, a seashell and a surfboard and a locket with pictures of my kids and my husband and our dogs and you know but just like just some kind of uh inspired piece of jewelry something that was on me you know um maybe there would be a maybe there would be a cool a cool crystal or or um a cool word or quote or something, you know. Right. Reminders. Yeah. That's right. Um, I know that this isn't really a possession, um, but I would want a dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just they're 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 the Zen masters. They are 
they are, I mean, I had this one dog who I really, this dog helped save my life. And I just think he was some of the best medicine I've ever taken. Definitely. Um, I think that's four. I think that's five. Is it? But you can uh, have six. I, I from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would take. Uh, Is there one in there? I wish. I wish the Jeep would make a hybrid. <laughs> I would love. I I've got a thing about a Jeep. I've never had one. I've always wanted one. Um, but it's got to be a hybrid. I mean, so please, Jeep, make a hybrid. Manifest. Yes. <laughs> Great. Well, what is one of the greatest lessons life has taught you if you could don't believe everything you think yes. that is in to my mind there's there's been no greater gift that life has given me because i was convicted in my belief right. that i was damaged that I would never get married, that I would never have kids. I mean, I knew these things. Like, I, I knew them, I would say, in a bone-deep way. I was convinced of it. Hmm. And I was wrong. And that, that's been the greatest gift. Because no matter what I believe, there's, uh, there's, I breathe space into it. Because it's, it, it may or not be true tomorrow. <laughs> Right. I know that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because life, life happens beyond the mind. It's like when we drop our thoughts, we create those little openings. We realize that's, that's where life is. That's where our authentic self is. How can we begin to see through that veil? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was so busy being up in my head, living out the story that I was projecting onto life, that I was missing life entirely. Completely. You know? Last question on the list. Yes. <laughs> what is your one wish for the world? You could have one wish. No more wishes. <laughs> You know, I, huh. I say that with with the wish being that there were no distance the world felt it needed to travel. Mm. You know, yeah. um, and I would also love just a global dance party. I think that would be so amazing. Just the entire planet in one transcendent tribal groove. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I'm gonna hold that vision. Okay, me too. We'll hold that space, yes. hold that space for the world. So anyone who's listening, come on, let's dance together, global dance party. Yes. Well, it has been such a treat and such um, a blessing to to know you and to connect with you today and I'm so happy to share with the world your brilliance and if people Our brilliance. <laughs> yes and if people wanted to know how to reach you do you want to just leave your info at the end here just sure um 
Thank you for that. My I have a website that's souldivers.net. If you go to .com, you will get this German like funk band. <laughs> uh, so it's Soul Divers, S O U L D I V E R S dot net. Um, that's the best way to reach me. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Phyllis, so much, Soul Sister. Soul Sister. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Woo! <Woo-hoo. laughs>